My name is Julie Turney, and this is HR Sound Off, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent HR topics. But ultimately, we will be settling some of the many misconceptions that people have about the human resources profession. Some weeks you will hear from my guests, and other times it will be just you and me in the sound booth. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's sound off. Hi, everyone. And in this edition of HR Sound Off, we are talking about HR girlfriends. So I joined this group, this amazing group on LinkedIn about a year ago called HR Girlfriends. And I've just been sitting in the background watching um, the different topics that they're talking about. But remember, September 2019 became my year of yes. So I'm living in my year of yes from September 2019 to September 2020. I'm all for it. Anything that happens in the HR space and participating in that. And with that came my decision to expand my, um, what's the word I want to use here? Expand my knowledge, expand my HR community. And so I decided I was going to join HR Girlfriends. But then I realized I had a blocker. And you know me, I'm as agile as they come. And I don't deal with blockers. So I saw this blocker, which was that HR Girlfriends is based in the US. So when I went to join the group, it was like, sorry, not for you. And I was not having that (laughs) at all. So I sent an email and I decided, let me find out what's going on here. Let me see how I could get this this thing worked out because I need to join this group. And I met this amazing lady by the name of Sanaa Razu, who said to me, don't worry about it. I'm going to get you sorted out. You're going to be able to join the group. And from, I think, January 2020 mm-hmm. until now, I have been a member of HR Girlfriends sitting in on virtual coffee afternoons, getting some support, the support that I I felt like I was missing for a very long time as an HR professional. I am getting that support now in this HR girlfriend space. And so I wanted to have this conversation with Sana today. And I, I got to introduce her now. Otherwise, this whole podcast is just going to be me talking about Sana. She's going to be sitting <laughs> pretty far, not saying a word, and we can't have that. Um, but I wanted to welcome to the show today, Sana Razu, because we, we have to have a conversation about HR, HR girlfriends, and I think you guys are going to love her just as much as I am going to love her and get to know her and get to know the HR girlfriends and figure out how you guys can be a part of this amazing group of HR bosses who are just all for supporting anyone in the HR space. So Sana, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank to you. Well, Julie, first of all, like, it's funny because I remember when I got the uh, LinkedIn message from you and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, there's no international purchases on your site. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So when I first started HR Girlfriends back in 2013, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what I was doing. I was like, uh, I know I'm US-based, 
hang out a little bit and figure out what you're doing stateside before you start opening the floodgates for international members. Mm -hmm. And then as the years have progressed, since I started in 2013, I have garnered, you know, uh, exposure to those uh, in U.S. territories, Caribbean islands, uh, UK, et cetera, Africa, but no one had asked about joining. Or maybe they tried, realized they couldn't, and didn't uh-huh. say anything. Yeah. So, look. That's for, not me. That no, is I, not me. <laughs> Julie, that's not me either, because I surely would have done what you did. And I was like, you know how you just know? I said, oh, well, this is perfect timing. If someone asked, because it wasn't on my radar. Yeah. I was busy, focused. COVID was mm-hmm. right ahead of us. Yeah. And you now have made it possible for anyone across the world, honestly. We opened it up. They can join the community. and But I'm going to move into why it took me so long to get there because I kept saying, well, what do what do the women want? I know that I'm an HR practitioner mm-hmm. and grind of HR just like everyone else is. I've had different industries, uh, nonprofit, for-profit, mm-hmm. uh, family-owned, not mm-hmm. family-owned. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying to myself, I know what I need. Right. But... Is that the same as what everyone else needs? Mm -hmm. And so I started, you know, consistently how I grew the community was grassroots. I mean, I was hitting the pavement. Mm -hmm. I would fly to as many conferences as I could. I would drive to as many happy hours as I could. If you were within four to six hours of me here in the D.C. area, Washington, D.C. area, I was there. Mm -hmm. So I was boots on the ground getting to know folks. And then I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been it's been an awesome ride. I'm so grateful to have you, Julie. You're such a great contribution. Thank you to uh, the Thank HR virtual chats. Thank you. I really appreciate it so much. I mean, I've learned so much. I'm learning, continuing to learn. I just love the network of women, um, and I love that you've now opened it up to men. So I'm now seeing HR boyfriends as well. Um, and I'm just loving where you're going with this whole thing. And, I, and I'm here for it. And I'm here to support you in any way that I can. So I know we've kind of started our, our conversation a little bit in reverse, but I want to go back a little bit. Who is Fana and how did you get into HR? Tell us your story. Ah, who am I? Listen, mm. it's funny. I started answering that question on a deeper level, literally, <laughs> who am I about two years ago? Mm-hmm. So about maybe in the same vein as your uh, year of yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and who am I on paper? On paper, I am a former uh, real estate property manager professional mm-hmm. and who rose to really great achievements in that field. And I was doing that during the housing boom of mm-hmm. the 20, 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. sort of in okay. that early period where the housing boom, and this was right before President Barack Obama mm-hmm. had come in, how before the housing market had crashed. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all of this stuff in that arena, but you know, I, I was happy, right. but I wasn't. I knew that I needed to be in a career where there were people and I was serving them. Mm -hmm. I just did not find the satisfaction in serving in that capacity. I was burnt out of managing homeowner associations Mm -hmm. and managing all of those those situations. And Mm -hmm. a friend of mine said, oh, I just got out of the military and I joined a staffing firm. They're always looking for really smart people. Mm -hmm. I jumped at the chance. I cut my salary by $20,000. Wow. And... I did that because 
I've always had this vow, this, re this requirement of myself, whether mm -hmm. I didn't intentionally do this, but I need balance in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, in college, I would write papers. I just wasn't staying up to 4 a.m. to do it. So right. something else had to go during the day to get it all done. That's right. Because this girl needs her sleep. So... <laughs> So, you know, and then I walked through that and one day on a train ride here in the DC metro area to my new staffing job that I used to escape from HOA and property yeah. management, uh -huh. I saw an advertisement to uh, finish my bachelor's and continue on to my master's degree in human resource management. And they were going to give it to me for 50% off at a very excellent university here in the wow. area. Okay. And so I knew there are students paying 20 grand uh, a year mm -hmm. or more actually to come here a semester. Mm -hmm. So I jumped at the chance and I continued my education and I used my master's degree in human resources to leverage my way in. Well, that and the PHR, because right. at that time there, there were no restrictions yeah. on the experience level. And I was actually mm -hmm. in the last testing window for the PHR right. where you didn't need any exempt level experience. Right. Wow. So you really have a roundabout way of how you got into, into ETA. Um, and that's really cool. I mean, I love your experience. And every time I hear it, I'm like, wow, it's like super powerful as to what made you make that change and decide to make that transition in, into human resources. So, so what do you do now in terms of HR girlfriends? Is that your full time thing or do you coach? What do you do? I do a little bit of everything, mm -hmm. but I always tell people entrepreneurship should absolutely be more of what you love and less of what you don't. Yeah. Because if you got it, you know, a lot of people will start a business. Like I didn't know what HR girlfriends was supposed to be. It wasn't even supposed to be a business. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd hang out with some HR women. I get good, good professional girlfriends and uh -huh. we just like support each other. Mm -hmm. It felt very informal to me, right. but I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And you know, now as I run HR Girlfriends, it is a full-time operation. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also in the capacity of consulting. So mm -hmm. we provide a unique model of consulting for stateside uh, organizations, especially that small to mid-sized market mm -hmm. where they can't afford the full-on HR professional. Mm -hmm. So we, we pack their back office so that they are just as powerful as a Fortune 100 or 500 with HR. Right. And yeah, sometimes I coach mm -hmm. uh, when it's in me to do so. But what I find is, is I coach less for money and I coach more in the HR Girlfriends community right. to honor the spaces that we're in together. So mm -hmm. you, you've seen that from, I have, yeah. I have experienced it and I love it. And I am here, like you say, I am here for that. I am here for all of that, Julie, all of it. <laughs> Listen, and you know what's funny is that um, I am, we're in this period as, as you and I are talking now, and we're in this social injustice uprising. Mm -hmm. We are still in the middle of COVID, and in yeah. theory, we're probably in the very beginnings of it, right? We're mm -hmm. only six months in mm -hmm. to battling this global pandemic. Yes. And yet I have never felt 
more connected to who I am as a woman, as an HR professional, as a black person. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things and yeah. it is out of this chaos external that I can't control mm-hmm. that I'm finding the, the, the power and strength to do more of the things that HR Girlfriends is known for, yes. which is building community. I mean, mm-hmm. HR virtual chat that we mm-hmm. do uh, twice a month yeah. or twice a week uh-huh. came about, it was supposed to be 30 minutes yes. when COVID hit and we all were told to stay home. Uh-huh. And it was just so that no one in HR, no matter where you live, you feel alone. Right. I said, we're globally, we're all stuck. Let's help yes. each other. And mm-hmm. it has evolved oh, to yes. an hour. And sometimes I have people hanging on for Two longer. Hours. <laughs> I've seen an hour and a half. I'm just like, it's such an amazing space to sit and talk and just hear other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the things that happened to me over this whole COVID season mm-hmm. um, and being exposed to HR girlfriends, there were a lot of things. And I, this touches on what you just said about doing what you love. And going through one of the, the calls that we had um, and, you know, just listening to everyone talk about different problems that they have brought about this, this thing that I put on the shelf about two years ago. I put it on the shelf, which was my book. I put it on the shelf. And coming out of these virtual discussions that we've been having and listening to other HR professionals talk, I was like, Julie, you have to take this book off the shelf and you have to do something with it. And so that's where my um, my diary of an HR pro stories of triumph and defeat is coming from. And it's coming from that particular experience because I realized that just like you said, I don't want HR professionals. I felt, I know how I felt being mm-hmm. in the HR space for 15 plus years. It's, it's a lonely space. And we shouldn't have to say that it's lonely because really and truthfully, it's not. But it becomes lonely because you don't know how to make those connections um, with fellow um, professionals to get feedback and just to get an ear and, yeah. and, and empathy without necessarily bringing a solution, but just to hear, I feel you. Like, I feel that. That moves me. That touches me. I can relate to that. And then hear other people say it. And you have given us that with HR Girlfriends whether you intentionally meant to do it, what you are going to get now is so powerful coming out of COVID-19. I don't know how that makes you feel in this moment, Sana, but tell me how that makes you feel. You know, it's really interesting. I used to, I'll go to places and someone will come up to me and they're all excited to meet me. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm just like you. Don't worry. You know, I really, there is nothing about what I'm doing that has ever made it. it, This thing makes me more humble. It makes me just more grateful. I love this. It is like the most Mm self-serving thing I could do. And at the same time, serve so many. And I don't make any qualms about it. And Mm -hmm. I, what HR Girlfriends allows me to do is to live transparently there are principles in my life that I hold dear. 
Yeah. And it's from all the trials, the tribulations, the successes of mm -hmm. my life. Right. And what it allows me to do is to stand in that in so many arenas. Yeah. And so, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. and I grew up in foster care mm -hmm. and a lot of people will meet me and they'll say, oh, I'm sorry, but oh. I couldn't tell. <laughs> and I'm like, don't be sorry. sorry. We don't, we're, we're not like cattle. We're not stamped. Yes. It's not yes. like that. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, but I come from a very rich background, rich in experiences yes. that have shaped me into a woman who is giving and who wants to support others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I used to hear this coming up, do what you love and the money will come. Yeah. And I remember not things always sound intellectually mm -hmm. comprehensible to me, yeah. but not, it didn't resonate below the neck. Oh. I couldn't mm -hmm. understand, yeah. do what I love and the money will, money come. will come. Well, what? Now mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. I absolutely get it. I do too. You know what I mean, Julie? Mm -hmm. It's like- I do. I and do. it may take time. Oh, yes. It's it's a process. Let me Absolutely. tell you, this but HR Girlfriends role is not, mm. listen, I was not like having people knock down my door in the very beginning. It wasn't yes. like that. But the, this brings me to the next point I wanted to ask you, because as HR professionals, and especially in this space, in this moment, how people perceive HR, mm -hmm. but what you have been able to achieve where you're now at the point where people are like, Banana, hi, come over, come and have this conversation. And I too, I'm starting to, to feel that. But like, I've been in HR for 15 years. I only started to really focus on, I always knew I had something more to give to the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. I always knew that I, I wanted to share. And like you, I have grown up on that same philosophy of do what you love and the money will come. And my mother would always say, money comes and money goes. You, you use it for a particular purpose. That's what it's there for. Mm -hmm. And when you need it, it will come. As long as you're staying low, you're doing your grind, you're getting your hustle on, you're honest and you're true to yourself, good things will come to you. But it took a long time. Like I was building content years ago, but it's only now that things are really starting to shape and happen. What do you do in those moments where you feel in your gut this is something you want to do whether it's be an HR consultant um, take a new HR role anything that you want to do write that book as an HR professional and how do you get yourself out of your head into that space where you go okay you know what I'm going to do this I'm going to give it my all whatever happens happens mm -hmm. uh my best advice for anyone, and I tell this to all the women in HR Girlfriends when it's appropriate, is that you, who you are off the clock matters. If you don't take care of you and build an infrastructure in your life mm -hmm. that can support you in the good and the bad, and you only wait till pressing decisions need to be made, you only wait till you can't stand your boss anymore. You only wait till the business idea is only bubbling up because you were just laid off. When you do those things out of crises, what you, what happens is, is you're, it, it sometimes takes you out of alignment. That although that may be what your higher power and what the universe has for you, you're doing it with a mind that is not in alignment, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I've always focused on how to be the best version of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done that in all areas of my life. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up the way I did, I was really serving as the mama to my brother and sister 
And once we got older, my sister said, I just want you to figure out how to just be my sister. Mm -hmm. I went, I've been mommying you forever. Mm -hmm. How do I do this? Yeah. But learning how to change that dynamic and that relationship mm -hmm. has actually lent itself to how I navigate certain relationships professionally. Right. And so I never look at what happens to me off the clock as an isolated event or an isolated right. series of lessons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, it's when there's absolutely nothing going on mm -hmm. is when you should be really pouring into yourself. Yeah. Really exploring what that means. Mm -hmm. um, and I told, and in, in our last conference on June 6th, when we met with the women uh, to support black women in HR, I told mm -hmm. them you need a therapist and a coach. Let's get it. Yeah. You know, because I was, you know, and, and I know as a black woman, I get this right. I I'm doing a search right now for a psychiatrist and they're only about 3% of psychiatrists that are black. Right. And so I get that systemically uh, we have some challenges and historically around mm -hmm. helping ourselves and what mm -hmm. does self-help look like. Even reading a book about self-help. Yeah. Think about in the black community, as some of us grew up, reading mm -hmm. a book to help you? No, it was either <laughs> it'll be fine, figure it out, or Jesus yeah. got you, whatever philosophy. Yes, whatever philosophy your family had for you, yeah. mm -hmm. those things were like, what? You're going to read a 200-page book? What is that person going to tell you? Mm -hmm. that, 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 that life experience can't. Right, right. <laughs> yes. But what we now know as full-fledged adults who've had experiences that it is every little thing that turns into this big support system for you. Yeah. So that's honestly the most long-winded answer ever, but that's really how I've been able to balance being this woman who can navigate HR girlfriends and still be relatively normal in my real life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, not long-winded at all, but getting to the point of what it is that you're trying to, um, the advice that you're sharing with us as HR professionals, and I really do appreciate your, your input in that space. So as I join HR Girlfriends, and this is for our audience, what does that platform look like? And what are the things that I can benefit from as a member of HR Girlfriends? Kind of walk us through that portal, tell us what we're seeing and what we can benefit from. Absolutely. So we offer a very robust uh, foundation in terms of member benefits. So there are options for, so, and we actually call, okay, so when you think about HR Girlfriends, mm -hmm. think about it as far as personal growth and professional development. That is what you can expect on a macro level, right? Yeah. We want you to be the best you on the clock, but we want to support you off the clock because that is just as important. Right. So when it comes to, well, what member benefits do we offer? They meet both. Mm -hmm. We do, um, uh, communities uh, online where you can do the chatting and really connect with each other. You also have for our stateside U.S. members, we have uh, an HR support center, right. which allows uh, individuals in a 24-7 cloud system to access as many templates, resources, documents, yeah. Yeah. no extra cost, mm -hmm. zero extra cost. And mm -hmm. even if you're not in the U.S., mm -hmm. you would be surprised how instrumental... Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, because there are things that your country may not have uh, a laws about, but exactly. you can actually enhance your individual organization with those exactly. same resources. Exactly, because one of the things that I was looking for that we don't have here is FMLA. Mm. 
but I but I've been able to pull something together because um, HR girlfriends have me covered. So uh, and I know there are a lot more things, especially as it relates to diversity and inclusion and things like that that I've been able to pull on um, because being in the Caribbean in a space where we are black people, the majority, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a different conversation, but it's the same conversation in reverse. Yep. you get me so um that really the, the information there has really helped me a lot as well yeah. what else what else do we get in terms of programming so I, like, mm-hmm. I mean let me tell you what I really pride myself on I pride myself on cutting edge relevant programming mm-hmm. the the idea of HR girlfriends was to do what other associations weren't doing it was to mm-hmm. fill in the gap Right. One of the things I noticed, and this is no slight on any other association, but if you were started 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, you're probably stuck in the old model of associations. Mm-hmm. People intrinsically felt the need to volunteer and they do all these things and then they come and they support in the programs. But I was a part of those communities and I went, oh no, there's a gap. Because what's happening with us when we're out of those chapter meetings, Mm -hmm. you know, and what happens when the volunteer that was passionate no longer is on the board anymore, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So now we have the same association chapter, but less passion. And what do we do? Hang out until we get another board member in a year that's more passionate. So Mm -hmm. I prided myself on consistency and experience. Experience so that no matter where you live, no matter who you are, you would feel a part of the community. Mm -hmm. So our programming, as you know, I mean, last month we uh, have not only put on an amazing, successful program to support Black women in HR. And this mm-hmm. wasn't about Black women in any specific region, right? any specific country. This was exactly. if you Everywhere. identify with African ancestry, and mm-hmm. if you identify as Black, we got your back. Yes. And uh, coming up, we now are going to do it for Black men in HR. Yes, I am um, all signed up for next on, next week. I'm all I there. I know, I cannot Ready wait. Ready for next Saturday. <laughs> And that's the thing is, is that I'm not afraid to do the things that aren't being done, but are necessary. Mm -hmm. And I just do the things that feel in alignment with where I am and who I am and what the people need. Um, And all these programs are available to members. Some are available to non-members. Yeah. But, you know, we provide an environment where members know that there is a girlfriend that's got their back Mm -hmm. and the connections are amazing. I mean, oh yes. I mean, honestly, the relationships you build, let me Mm -hmm. tell you, there is no one who has gotten successful that has not leaned on relationships, whether they were intentionally building those or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't intentionally build them, right? Sometimes you just reap the benefits of what your mother and your father built in relationships. Mm -hmm. You should, Julie, someone in the, Cape Coast should know who you are. Mm-hmm. Someone in Canada should know who you are and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. And so that when you go, well, who's my HR girlfriend that I can call? Your options are so many. Yeah. I'd rather you be overwhelmed well, with the options. Me too. Me too. I love where this is going and I am here for all of it. I am looking <laughs> forward to where I'm looking forward to growing this um, community with you. Um, in the Caribbean, all over the world, wherever you need this to go, 
And I hope that through this podcast um, episode that people are really going to be hitting that button and clicking on, looking for HR girlfriends and, and joining and joining. But so, I want to touch on something, Julie. Go you ahead. Talked about, <laughs> you, you talked about your book and I want you to know that I received your email um, oh. and I'm going to respond because I cannot wait to contribute mm-hmm. to your book because, you know, we all have a crazy HR story or two oh. or three. But that to me, your story about how all over the past couple of weeks, during the most traumatic time for most organizations and individuals, you have regained and reignited a passion to write this book mm-hmm. that's been laying dormant. And that's the kind of stuff that you need. Yes. You know, I've had members who were in graduate school and getting a PhD, they had built in survey respondents because mm-hmm. HR girlfriends will show up and deliver for them. Absolutely. And so, Julie, you're about to embark on this book. And I told you, I said, listen, you want to crowdsource the data? Let's get it. Mm -hmm. I will put that out for you Mm -hmm. as a member and let's get it. So one of the things, too, is is that I I remember mentioning that I read a New York Times article a couple of years ago about, and this white journalist wrote, Mm -hmm. there's nothing inherently different about black people or people of color uh, when it compared to others, white people, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Mm -hmm. It's just our networks, who we know, Mm -hmm. who we know. And so networking requires, one, you be present of mind and body. It also requires that you have a level of humility and vulnerability Mm -hmm. that is not always comfortable, independent of your race. But what I'm creating is an environment where you can, one, be yourself, and that you have the ability to make the ask. Because, you know, I've been on this whole the ask. Yes, you have. And so Mm -hmm. the ask is in all elements of our lives. But you should never, ever be shy. Because guess what? Even if one girlfriend is your saving grace, that's all you need. How about that? Exactly. And it's so funny because I had... Um, I created this series on LinkedIn called Make an Impact. And it's just mm-hmm. all about all the HR professionals that I have met, mainly during lockdown, who have shown up for me, who I've shown up for, um, but we have made an amazing connection. And I know one of the weeks I actually I actually put you up there because you are making I a know. huge impact. But this week I went through something really terrible at work and I, mm. I clocked in to one of the virtual um, coffee meetings, told my HR girlfriends what was happening. And there were three women in particular who showed up for me outside of the session and was like, you know, we know this really sucks. They shared their story. I heard them, they heard me and they were like, whatever you need outside of this, just let me know. And that is what I'm talking about in terms of just showing up and being there for your 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 community, for your girlfriend. And I, I, I am all for that. And I had to thank them. And, and again, that's what my Make an Impact series is all about on LinkedIn. I think I'm at number five now and I'm going to stop at six nice. and then I want to take a little break, talk about something else, and then I'll come back with new people who are making yeah. an impact. But this is what I'm talking about. And HR girlfriend? Yes. All day, every day. 
It's so damn weird. I, you know, I, and I know people, when I say it, they're like, well, that's kind of odd. You're running this show. But no, really, mm-hmm. this is the kind of community that I'm grateful and happy to be a part of. And if someone else were doing it the way it's being done, mm-hmm. I'd gladly join. Yeah. And I know that seems sort of like, okay, well, you are running it. But the truth of the matter is, is that, and I say this all the time, Julie, I want more women across the globe to tap the HR Girlfriends community to bring your talents, your speaking ability, your writing Mm -hmm. ability. Mm -hmm. I have spent several years building a platform of engaged HR women and men. Listen, as you know, draw the men. I know, I know. The thing is, is why would you not? I'm begging people, use the platform. Mm -hmm. I want you to advance. You don't owe me a thank you. You don't owe me anything. All I want you to do is show up because yes. then none of this is in vain. Mm-hmm. For every night I can't sleep, <laughs> for every, <laughs> for every uh, 15, 20 calls I make to yes. start getting vendors on board to give up a freebie and to do mm-hmm. this and to do that, when you come engaged and you support each other and yes. you follow the mission and premise, uh, you make it all worth it. Like exactly. I'll sleep, I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs> you sound like my son. That's what my son says. Sleeping for the dead. <laughs> I'll take occasional naps during my, my living lifetime. Well, yeah, I totally get that. But let me ask you this. What are you reading or listening to right now, watching right now, um, that you think will benefit other HR professionals in, in our space to help us be the best that we can be? What are you taking in right now that you want to share with us? Good question. So I, I'm an audible person. And so I, I love audible books, but I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I actually am focused on a couple of areas of my life in 2020. Okay. And one is manifestation. Mm-hmm around money and abundance. Um, And so those are the kinds of books that I read, Mm -hmm. oddly enough. um, (laughs) And I'm like, the two books that come to my head both have curse words in them. So (laughs) one you gave me, listen, the other day you said, yeah, I'm reading this book, The No Asshole Rule. And I went, So I thought that that was your philosophy. And I was like, uh, yes, you did. Get it, get it, girl. You were like, no, 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 no. It's a it's book. A book. <laughs> so, so I grabbed it okay. to start reading that. And uh-huh. so I'm not far ahead at all. Right. But it is through the community that I got that. So what I tell people all the time is that I am fed as much as you guys are fed. Yeah. You gave me that book. And there were a couple of others I wrote down, but yours uh-huh. stuck out to me. Uh-huh. Because I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to need that right now, personally, Uh professionally. um, And on Audible, I am finishing up Becoming by Michelle Obama. Yes. Um, I'm doing that and Mm -hmm. just reading some other Money Matters books. Right. Um, And there's a woman named Denise Duffield. She Mm -hmm. has uh, Get Rich, um, Lucky Bitch, you know, and Mm -hmm. I read that Mm -hmm. because I believe in manifestation. Right. You... And I don't mean it where it's woo-woo and I'm setting fires in my house and I'm not, <laughs> not what I'm saying. Uh-huh. I believe that if you want something, you need to say it. So I have sticky notes 
uh, big poster ones that say exactly what I need and what I want. Right. I actually have one to the left of me that reminds me of who I am, mm -hmm. right? It talks about being myself and my pride and friendships mm -hmm. um, behind me. That girl boss, yeah. that actually reminds me often when I'm on camera that I got this. Uh -huh. Because no matter what you see from me, I'm telling you, like I get uncomfortable. I get Absolutely. butterflies when I speak, mm -hmm. but I have this ability to sort of like power through. So what yeah. the end result is you see powering through. You don't right. see my stomach turning and me drinking tea. Before no. I get well, no, I totally get it. It happens to me every time, every podcast, every public speaking engagement, I, I get it as well. So I totally know. Yeah. Where you're coming from where that is concerned, but thank you for sharing. So here's a big question. What is the biggest misconception about the HR profession that really bugs you that you want to clear up right now? That anybody could do our jobs. <laughs> so funny. That anybody so could do our funny. jobs because uh -huh. honestly, those of us who are experienced couldn't do the jobs that we're currently doing at the capacity we're currently doing when we first entered the field. Exactly. So when someone thinks with no experience, whether you've mastered business, whether you've mastered operations, that you think you've got this HR thing pegged mm -hmm. and you could do that job, I, I welcome you because on any given day, we are a psychologist, we are a therapist, we are mm -hmm. a, a mommy, a daddy, we are a, a, a guardian, a mm -hmm. babysitter, we are advocates. I mean, I could name all of the, the nouns that we are mm -hmm. and we have to balance. Absolutely. Because one, you may need me to coach you in this moment and then I'm shifting to mentorship. Yeah. And then I'm shifting to disciplinarian yeah. because I need to catch you in the moment mm -hmm. and say, as much as this conversation has been to uplift you, I also need to let you know that you are contributing to this as well. And so I yeah. need you to see all sides of it. Right. And so it takes, in order to do HR well, you have to be emotionally, mentally, just intelligent yeah. because our jobs are so nuanced. Mm -hmm. It's so true. And you know what? I have two stories coming out of that, <laughs> that whole experience that you just shared. Because if there's one thing I recognize that would happen in COVID-19 is we've gotten closer to our family members. We've discovered things about our family members that we didn't know before. And we've discovered things about colleagues that we didn't know before. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you about these two children that I have in this house. Okay, how old are they? 22 and 15. Oh, it's okay. They make their own food and cereal. They make, their own, the age. <laughs> they make their own food and cereal and they have a lot of mouth, right? Prior to COVID-19, my children thought that all I did all day long was sit at a desk with a computer. That's all they thought I did all day long. Wow. In comes COVID-19. And every day they're hearing me on calls, having different conversations. They're hearing me do um, different things. And one minute I'm making this transition from one thing to the next. I'm talking about payroll and taxes and I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And they go, Whoa, we didn't know it was all of that. We thought you just sat at a desk and looked pretty all day long. And I was like, thank you for telling me I'm pretty. I but no, that's not what mommy does all day long. And then the second experience I had was so one day 
I, I'm taking my daughter to get her hair done because I do not plot her hair. I take her for a hair appointment. When my daughter was about between the ages of three and five, when she mm-hmm. was um, getting her hair was really growing, um, she would always be crying and fretting whenever I washed her hair and plot her hair. And I was like, she'd be screaming so much that the, her brothers would be like, no, 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 you're torturing her. And I was like, you know what? I'm done with this. So I found this hairdresser that I take her to. She gets her hair done every two weeks. I'm taking her for her hair appointment. And I actually happened to have a call that day. So I said to her, okay, I have to take this call here in the salon. I can't do it anywhere else. Are you okay with that? So she was like, sure. When I came off the call, she, my daughter and the hairdresser both look at me and they go, whoa, like you just did that in the salon. And sounded so, how do you talk like that? And I was like, yeah, because that's what I do. And that's what I do. <laughs> I know. And you know, it's funny. It's like <laughs> you take pride in it. And, yeah. but I just want people to know it's not that you can't do it. It's mm-hmm. just, you can't do it until like, we have a very nuanced, unique role in organizations. Yeah. And one yeah. of my favorite mentors, Pamela J. Green always talks about how HR is not a profit center, but we are no less valuable because we don't bring you direct dollars. In mm-hmm. fact, we are one of your biggest risk management mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. because if you're listening to us, then you're considering the fact that there are other options to doing a task yes. or going about a business goal mm-hmm. and we're giving you the other side of it. Yes. But I always tell people like, honestly, we have to know a lot I to be good. Do. We do. A we lot. Do. While we, while we don't bring in the money, we save you a lot of money. Think of all the money we save you in lawsuits alone. Astronomical. I, w- I wish there were a, a real concrete way mm-hmm. to quantify that because I know that those powers that be speak quantifiable numbers. Yes. But there's so much, like I tell people all the time, not on my watch do I have um, lawsuits. How you treat someone leaving your organization can make the difference. Absolutely. Because just because you don't think or you don't like them, even if they were wrong, if mm-hmm. there is any law you've broken, mm-hmm. everyone knows their rights when you are mistreating them. They yeah. remember all the bad stuff. Yeah. They want to bring it up. And yeah. so even when someone has done something wrong in termination period, mm-hmm. I'm still treating them with dignity, respect, respect. absolutely, because we are not the decisions we make. Those are things that we did and whatever it is that that person did, that they can redeem themselves at a later date. Who are we? Yeah. But I've seen leaders want to do a showdown. And the Mm -hmm. problem is, is that that's when trouble starts rearing its ugly head. Absolutely. And others in the organization hear how you reared your ugly head. Yeah. And that can be impactful on morale. So even how we handle terminations and onboarding, it matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I hope that everyone out here just heard what you said and really take that in because I think that that's the power, very, very powerful. I always think about, you know, like when you think about the statistics that they have for, okay, like a sexual harassment suit Mm -hmm. or a wrongful termination suit. You think about how much money that costs an organization. Even when you think about um, absenteeism, uh, whether it be sickness or, or whatever the case may be, presenteeism, and you put all of those numbers together and you think about an HR professional who is keeping your workforce engaged by coaching your leadership, 
coaching your employees and helping them to pull everything together to create an amazing culture and you don't have any of those things, your HR professional is worth all their money and more. That's it. That's absolutely it. And HR needs to be seen as the most inter- one of the most intricate parts of a business. Mm-hmm. Because even if you have a great idea for the widget, the service, you are nothing without your people. Nothing. You know, like Facebook mm-hmm. isn't Facebook without the people to build it, right? That's like, right. sure, Mark Zuckerberg was in his dorm room. Mm-hmm. And whether you believe the, the movie rendition or not, whether he right. had help or didn't, mm-hmm. the Facebook we enjoy today is not what it is without employees. Exactly. And so even with the best idea, you have to know, you have to power that idea and that service with a workforce that's committed mm-hmm. to you. That's it. And also in order to do that, it's a day-by-day challenge. Yes, you know, always tell people there's no difference in the amount of care a work relationship needs when you look at the amount of care a personal relationship needs. That's it. You know, if they tell you that you get married, you're going to be working on your relationship every day until mm-hmm. it either works or it doesn't. That's it. Same is true with your staff. That's it. Paying them is not enough. And especially if you're in a competitive environment Mm -hmm. where they have options. Oh, forget about it. That's it. That's it. And I think that if COVID-19 has taught employers anything, HR professionals, anything, how we treated people while they were at home matters. Because people have options. And they'll remember how you treated them during this period. And they will decide you didn't treat me well, I don't want to come back. I actually had an experience that one of my, um, one of my friends gave me, um, and she works in the airport sector mm-hmm. in the U.S., and she was saying now that they're getting ready to open back the airports and open back their restaurants, mm-hmm. they're calling back their staff, and people are going, no, I don't want to come back and work for you. You guys didn't even pay me five seconds um, of time while I was at home to even ask me how I was doing, and I'm going to write out this period on and get my money from the government, not go look for something else after because I don't need you and I don't need that treatment. Correct. That, that says a lot. It does say a lot. There's an mm-hmm. example that I use often and it's Zappo Shoes. So Tony Shea uh, sells an e-commerce company years ago and he's got all this money and he meets up through some connection, a guy who's starting this shoe company, right? Yeah. Sort of... And, and so Tony Shea said, yeah, I, I want to invest in this. This looks like a good idea. And from someone's living room to now what we know to be Zappos.com mm-hmm. has grown this company. And initially they were in um, C- uh, California. Initially right. they were in California. Mm-hmm. And when they started looking at the cost implications, they wanted to move the headquarters to Las Vegas, Nevada, or Henderson, Nevada, mm-hmm. because it was cheaper to do business there, and they figured mm-hmm. it would work out. Right. The one thing I remember about that story is the amount of employees that left their lives in California, packed up and moved with Zappos because of how they were treated. Mm-hmm. I did a tour of Zappos and they used to do these amazing tours of their office. You know, you could schedule them. Um, Companies would send their VPs there to sort of see the environment, Mm -hmm. Um, their other staff and managers. And I'm telling you, it was just the culture. I, there were so many things about that tour and their, my experience that I note, but the one thing I always tell people is 
the the way you're viewed externally is how you should be viewed internally. Yeah. There are a lot of brands that we covet because we have no idea. Maybe we would still covet them if we knew what was happening on the inside. Right. But the assumption is that with a good consumer brand, they must be doing extremely amazing things internally. And because we're in HR and because we get some of the inside track from some of our peers, Mm -hmm. we know that some of our favorite brands, whether it's shoes, food, Mm -hmm. cosmetics, are a hot mess. Yes. Yes, and double yes. Mm -hmm. This has been an amazing discussion. I am so grateful for you taking the time to have this chat with me. As we wrap up this session today, can you tell these beautiful people where they can find you on social media and where they can find um, HR Girlfriends? Yes. Well, we are HR Girlfriends on all social media platforms. Our most prominent platform is LinkedIn. Um, And behind that is Facebook. We welcome you to like our Facebook page to stay updated. Um, HRGirlfriends.com is where you can learn how you can become a member join our email list and tell your friends about it. Yep. I mean, you know, that's my one ask of, of, of anyone listening is mm-hmm. if you hear it and it resonates, share it with someone because yes. the bigger the community is, the bigger the impact we can make. That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you, again. Julie. I'm, look, I'm, I'm officially on HR Sound Off. I'm you, excited. You are officially <laughs> on HR Sound Off. And I am sure that this will not be the last time that you are on the show having a discussion with me on a very pertinent topic. But I thank you so much for introducing us to HR Girlfriends, introducing us to yourself and your wonderful community, uh, even just for a brief moment. So thank you once again. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you for joining us in the sound booth today. I hope that you found this information from this episode useful. You can find me on all social media platforms at I am Julie Turney. That's I am Julie Turney. And you can find this episode or this show on most digital platforms, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it, we're there. Thanks to Anchor FM and Rock Solid Entertainment for helping me to put this content together for you. And I will see you again when we next sound off.